You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. No pod dad today on the show. Wait, really? Wait, we that's right. We did lock him out of the studio, didn't we? Walker is golfing. Wait, he he wait, he chose to golf instead of hang out with us? He chose 18 holes over two a-holes. Well, one and a half. <laughs> Welcome into Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day local experts on the number 1 daily sports podcast network. Got a great show coming up for you despite our pod dad's absence. We're, we will be looking at Nick Batum, part of our player recap series that we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, continuing with Nick Batum plus <laughs> it's mock draft season. Oh no, I, I've heard enough of these. Oh no. No pod dad here to restrict me today. So you're going to get plenty of mock draft action, especially since I found out that the draft lottery is just a little over a week away, Tuesday, May 14th, Hornets fans will finally find out where this Charlotte team will officially be drafting. Oh, this is definitely not going to end well. Like Top three. Top three. You better hope top for... Top three. Everybody better hope for number one. Like I'm hoping for number one because that's the only way this team keeps Kemba Walker. Whoa! That's the only way. Whoa! Yeah. Huge. Very huge. Bringing the fire. It's not even Friday. Well, we got to bring some kind of motive. Again, people got to get motivated. We're trying to give people hope. Yes, exactly. Why not? I like it. Hall of Honor, by the way. I know this isn't locked on Panthers, but it's big news here in Charlotte. The Panthers revealing the four players they will be putting into the Hall of Honor is so explain to me not what the so the hall of honor it is a like it's a ring of honor right around it's a ring the, of honor and they're going, the stadium they're going to be panther players that are going there are four panther players steve smith um makes sense west wesley walls i like it jake delone whoa yeah exactly hold on and jordan gross those four are going to be honored on two separate days either october 6th or november 17th a little inside baseball. I was warned that there was going to be a fairly glaring omission. Jupep. Yep. That seems logical, though, right? Because he, he played last year, so the th- I the- mean they they can spread this they can spread this love out and have this come up again next year and, and be a thing. But uh, I say this uh, to to kind of bring it back around to Charlotte Hornets. Like they've only retired one jersey, one jersey as Bobby, they should have. Bobby Phils. And they have they went through this whole like thirty year celebration, and they mm-hmm. gave some. They kind of did their own version of the Hall of Honor, honoring past players with like a big, huge honeycomb that hangs around the arena. They gave one to Dell. They gave one to Alonzo. Then they give one to Glenn Rice. I feel like they gave one to Glenn Rice as well. You gotta feel like eventually Kimball Walker's number fifteen. I think that's the only one hangs like, in the rafters at some point, right? Honestly, if he if he leaves this summer, I I'd give it to him literally his first home game back. Just retire the jersey. I think you got to wait. You got to wait a I, I little honestly bit. Honestly, would just do it now. He's got all the records. I know no because one's... because that's not a you're impatient. Very much so. 
But I also think those records aren't getting broken by anybody on this roster or coming on this roster anytime soon. Zion Williamson, maybe. If Zion's here, then, well, hold on. There, there's a whole discussion that we that have changes, to have. That changes a lot of math. That changes a lot of dynamics. But it's interesting. The Hornets have really held the – and I think that jersey retirements in the NBA generally are held to be really sacred things reserved for people who either – have just done so much for the franchise, hold all the records, yes. that it overcomes the fact that they are not a Hall of Fame player, which would be, I think, where we will land with Kemba Walker, ultimately. Yeah. Or they are a Hall of Fame player, and you have to honor them. Or, in the case of Bobby Phil, something tragic happens, and you... Wait, you, wait, 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 hold on. Let me, let me. I just heard that. I just heard that back in my head, and I, I had a delayed reaction. Wait, you don't think Kemba Walker's going to be a basketball Hall of Famer? I'm not sure. I'm not sure when you stack up the numbers. Now, there's, there's a lot of basketball left to play. There is a lot of basketball. He could go to Los Angeles and join LeBron and win three championships, and then all of a sudden, you know, if he keeps this career arc. But so far, he's he's never won a, a, a All-NBA honors. I mean, to me, that's like step one. That's step one, but you also have to remember that Christian Leitner is also in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's so okay. Well, there's some some college basketball, college basketball stuff that you matters. have to kind of fold into this thing. He's a Hall of Famer. I I know I get impatient with these things. I'm fairly certain Kemba Walker will end up being a basketball Hall of Famer. You want ice cream before dinner? Yes, I do. Chocolate chocolate chip cookie dough. Why not? Let's go to somebody who is in no danger right now yeah. of joining the yeah. Hall of Fame, and that's Nick Batum. Came to Charlotte from Portland in 2015. In a trade by Rich Cho, then general manager, sent Noah Vonley and Gerald Henderson to Portland in exchange for a player that was the darling of fantasy teams for a few years because of all the stats that he piled up in different categories, but someone, Nada, who had fallen to a really a fourth or fifth option in Portland as they began to accumulate yeah. young players that were going to easily surpass Nick Batum in importance to the team. And he was also dealing with a few injuries. And essentially, he became a perfect buy-low prospect for the Hornets, who were then, as they are now, it's kind of funny to look back on that situation, <laughs> exactly. desperate to add talent. Time is a flat circle. Next to Kemba Walker. And they found that player initially in Nick Batum. He played really well in, in, that first, in those first couple of seasons. He played well in those first couple of seasons. And the one thing that we always talk about with Nick Batum is that contract. But when you start looking at those splits, like the on-off splits when it came to Nick Batum in those first two years, he really did help everybody, specifically Kemba Walker. Last couple of years, we have the elbow injury that everybody knows about where he probably should have been out a whole lot longer than he was. Right, sacrificed him, sacrificed his body a little bit, but maybe in a way that some would not have advised him to do if he wanted to perform well on the floor. Exactly. And at the same time, we're, I'm starting to wonder, are those effects and the fact that he is 30 and, and up and we know how brutal this game is now on your body for 82 games, maybe that arm has more to do with what we're thinking about. I'm not trying to create an excuse for the guy because there we go. You have to, again, the thing is with him, you have to shoot more than five times a game. You have to at least, for what you're being paid, score at least double digits. He didn't do that. And I just wonder how he's going to be viable going forward. Well, here, before we get to the future, we're going to get to yeah. that in, in just a second. But I, I want to step back because there was a time 
before Nick Batum signed his big contract and started making $25 million a year, there was a time when Nick Batum was a vital piece to what the Hornets were trying to put together, and he performed well on the floor. He was part of that, a big part of that playoff run that they made in 2016 alongside Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lin, and Al Jefferson. The last vestiges of Al Jefferson, Al Jefferson with his tank on E, the like the gaslight was on with him. Right. But he was he was a big part of how they got back into that series against Miami. But my question is, what do you remember about his play style then, his situation then, and how it compares to the struggles he's had over the past few seasons? Are there are there differences in the situation or in his play that you're seeing that may attribute to you know how the fans view him and and how he's played? The biggest the biggest thing is he was, he was a number three. He was a clear number three when you're talking about that 48-win team. It was at the beginning of the season, it was Al, mm-hmm. it was Kemba, mm-hmm. and then it was Nick. Mm-hmm. There was never – he was never higher than the two. He was never higher than three. Yeah, he was not a number two. He's not a number two, and he's he's proven that over and over again. He's I, I think that's huge, and I think you're hitting on something there that, that Nick Batum had two offensive weapons – to take some of the pressure off of him. He was able to hit big buckets in the fourth quarter and distribute to Al Jefferson and Kimball Walker in a way that he really couldn't create, recreate with Dwight Howard and Kimball Walker for various reasons, I think. And that's the big difference uh, this year, I think, is that it was Kimball Walker, it was Jeremy Lamb and Nick Batum, but Nick wasn't able to work as well to, to develop things for Jeremy Lamb because Lamb is somebody who can really develop for himself. He, he can. And wanted to develop for himself. So I think the situation, they never found a, another offensive weapon that needed to be facilitated in a way that Al Jefferson needed, needed to be facilitated to. And you can see in his stats this year, career low in usage percentage at 13.2. Not, not like last season in Portland low. I'm talking about career low. 9.3 points per game. That's the lowest since his last season in Portland. 3.3 assists per game. That's the lowest since 2011-2012 for him. His assist mm-hmm. percentage dropped from 26.2 to 14.5. His overall turnovers were down, which was a goal of his coming into the season, but relative to the amount of possessions that he had, his turnover percentage actually went up. And yeah. oh, by the way, the Hornets still owe Nick Batum $52 million over the next two seasons. The, the one thing I wonder is... With the Billy Hernan Gomez trade, Billy Hernan Gomez was ideally a guy that was going to be your back to the basket guy that could eventually learn to stretch out centers to again twenty feet and hit the corner threes, hit a bunch of threes. I wonder, and I again doing like psychology, doing a whole bunch of telepathy involving Rich Cho is a lot of work, and he's probably thinking about Memphis barbecue right now. That being said, I wonder if the Hail Mary that was the Billy Hernan Gomez trade was a way to somewhat unlock Nick Batum because that way if he if Billy Hernan Gomez scores like that everybody thought when that trade initially happened, I wonder how much better his numbers are because then you have a diet Brooke Lopez, a diet Marcus Saul, something along the lines of that. Check this out. Memphis barbecue overrated. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Memphis soul food underrated. Oh, no. We agree there. We agree there. Like the greens over there. It was funny because, again, there was a conversation I had yesterday when I was hanging out with some friends. 
And there's something called a barbecue parfait. Now, mind you, their version of it was a some mashed potatoes on the on the bottom, your choice of meat, coleslaw, and I believe I forgot the last little oh, and baked beans. Now, mind you, could you imagine like a Memphis barbecue parfait, something similar to that? And that's, it sounds so good though. It sounds so good. Mm. It's missing greens though. I it's, love anything in a parfait. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't? Actually, parf- I don't want to know. Give me parfait all day. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about Nick Batum. Plus, it's mock drafts season. I've got three, count them, three mock drafts to share for you. Who do the experts think are going to the Hornets at the 12 slot if indeed they find themselves in the 12 slot? We still don't know that yet, but we'll speculate anyway. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around? If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say, play Locked On Hornets. Man, this is harder than I thought it is. Hot dad, <laughs> come back. Do these reads. Make drive time, LOH time. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Walker is golfing. Doug Branson, not Edwards here in studio. Exactly. I can't believe he left us for golfing. No pod, Dad. And he left the liquor cabinet unlocked. Oh, boy. That's, that's so sad to be him. Time to party. Mock draft season is on. But before we get to that, I want to go back to one thing on Nick Batum. He is the player that we are analyzing today as part of our player recap series. There there was a point. It's hard to believe if you talk to a lot of Hornets fans, but there was a point in this season where Nick Batum was everything that you wanted him to be. Yeah. He was aggressive. He was part of the offense, and he contributed to a couple of victories, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately it came during a time when they were playing some of the toughest competition. So you have Nick Batum stepping up when the team absolutely needed him to step up. up. Their backs were against the wall. They were fighting for that last playoff spot, and they were playing teams like the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets and a hot Brooklyn Nets team, and he really gave them all he had in five games – between February 22nd to March 1st, he averaged 16.4 points, 4.6 assists, and 5.8 rebounds. That's the Nick Batum you needed all season that's, if you wanted a chance to play and compete in the first round. That's the guy they signed. That's the guy they intended to sign because there's that narrative out there that, oh, you gave him a near-max contract. You were expecting 20-5. and five, And I was... It's kind of like that Drake line. You knew what it was when you signed up. You Again, the Charlotte Hornets knew the guy that they were trying to get. It was going to be a guy that was going to give you 16, set around five to seven assists, five boards. That's what they wanted because that's all they really need. They needed a jack-of-all-trades, the Hidu Turkaloo kind of guy that you wanted. That's, that's, that's all they wanted, and he showed up for those four games. I believe they lost all four of those games, too, if I'm not mistaken. What song is that from? What Drake song is that That, that Drake from? song is from uh, DJ Khaled for free. DJ Khaled? Yeah, DJ Khaled featuring Drake for free. It's, it's on— Another it's, one. Yeah, another one. 
That's all I know. That's all I got. Uh, I'll, I'm going to look up those lyrics because hopefully they'll they'll unlock some stuff. Uh, so they'll unlock some more nuggets about Nick Batum. Uh, I'll look those <laughs> up in a minute. But first, I just want to say, going back to those numbers, 16, 4.6, 5.8, that would have put him in line this year. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some names. That would have put him in line this year statistically with a Jason Tatum, a Ooh, Tobias boy. Harris, mm-hmm. a more pass-first Bojan Bogdanovic, who had a great year this oh, year. Oh, really? Those are solid, like, two second, third option kind of guys. Yeah. If you had gotten that Nick Batum from the very start, then I think a lot of Hornets fans – well, first of all, I think the Hornets would be in the playoffs. Agreed. And then I think a lot of Hornets fans would have they, – they're never going to be satisfied, I think. I think the, the well is, is poisoned. The $25 million a year is just too much – for some fans to take when they look at the when they look at the statistical output and the production yeah yeah but i think if you if you toss his name in there with those other names and the hornets are playing successful basketball then all of a sudden it becomes it becomes edible like memphis barbecue it becomes edible it's not the <laughs> best there is there are other places to get much better barbecue yeah kansas city for one right gastonia for another holly but i knew you were going to try and do that <laughs> I knew you were going to try and do that. I hate you for That's that. That's a pride of Gastonia. Gastonia makes great barbecue and different kinds of barbecue. I'll always rep my city. Oh, good lord! But then, then you're talking about a player that you can win with, and that's really, I think, the problem that that Hornets fans see with Nick Batum. They don't they don't view him as a player that they can win with, and I think a lot of those problems stem from from the fact that there are really no I had to tell you about those games from February 22nd to March 1st. No one remembers those games. No, because they were all losses and I believe they were all big double digit losses. Some of them were. I think they won two out of those five games. But but the point is he has not had those narrative flourishes, those moments on Sports Center, that that 40 point game that everyone remembers, that game winning shot. Like he doesn't have those. It makes it makes players like like Dwayne Wade had you know flourishes yeah especially had, against the charlotte hornets he had moments this year his final year he had moments that shot that he hit to beat the lakers he had those moments that the were Warriors all over sports too. center yeah the warrior shot maybe i'm getting those mixed up but he had those moments where you go yeah man like he had a great season not really no but he had those moments and that's what i think part of what nick batum has been lacking as well okay it's time folks mock draft is it season. mock draft season it's mock draft season here on Locked On Hornets. We're mocked on Hornets right now. Mm-hmm. And I've got, actually, I want to save this one that I've got from ESPN. I want to go to this uh, mock draft, 2019 NBA mock draft. Where did you trawl the internet for this uh, one? This is great. I love going to this guy's website every year. It's walterfootball.com. He does a oh, mock no. draft every year. It makes no sense. Walter, that that URL again, walterfootball.com. And it's great. It's a great mock draft. And I'm going to scroll all the way down here to number 12. He has the classic Charlotte Hornets logo out beside. He doesn't even have the updated one? <laughs> He's a classic fan. It's at the 30th anniversary. Oh, good Lord. Can, nope. can, up, update your graphics. Up, update the graphics. Like, is this a word? Like, this looks like a Geocities website. Good Lord. Wait, did you say Geocity? Yeah. You mean Geocities. Oh, uh, well, I thought it was always one word. So, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, what? there you go. Yeah. Charlotte Hornets, number 12. Taking Darius Garland, point guard, out of Vanderbilt, 6'2", freshman. There you go. I'm filling the point guard hole that we all think 
not all of us, but some of us think might be there if Kimba Walker does not resign. When, when, not if, when, not if. The only way that, again, I'll repeat this, the only way they keep Kimba Walker is if they get the first pick in the draft. That's the only way they keep him. This was not, uh, this is an upset. This uh, mock draft on WalterFootball.com, not written by someone named Walter. Really? Written by David K. False advertising like a mug. I want to know what Walter thinks. Yeah, exactly. I want Walter Football's opinion on this. Good Lord, people. I want to talk to Walter. I want to talk to Walter. That's that's all I want to do. He has a second round mock draft, too. Oh, no. Oh, oh, buddy. Here we go. Charlotte Hornets, number 36. They take Dedrick Lawson forward out of Kansas. Didn't he just work out for them, too, not too long ago? I think so. I think he, like, not that long ago worked out for him. Number 52, Charlotte Hornets take Charles Matthews, shooting guard from Michigan. Charles Matthews, okay. Walter Football has all the answers, maybe. All right, Joe Tanzi from Bleacher Report has another mock draft out. Complete first-round mock draft. And keeping it simple, no real analysis here. Just No graphics This either. is what I like. I don't want analysis. I just want the name of the team, who they're going to take, and maybe where that player went to college. But that's not necessary. Just mock me. Get me out of there quick so I can get to another mock draft. Number 12, Charlotte Hornets take Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That's a name I'm surprised we're not hearing more, honestly, more ties to because he is a Jamal Crawford type where he's a two guard. He also knows how to create for other people. I am not surprised we're not hearing more names. And if you look at certain stats of his compared to a guy like R.J. Barrett's, his game his game might translate a little bit better than Barrett's. So that might be a steal at that position. Forget about 2019. Who cares about 2019? How about a 2020 no. NBA mock draft from ESPN? Let's look. Look, as long as we're looking into the future, let's look way into the future. Where we're going, we need no 2019 mock draft. Give me 2020. Who needs any roads where we're going? Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz, they've got all of your 2020 NBA mock draft coverage. And at 12, they've slotted in Charlotte. And that's probably where they'll be again next year. Wait, what? Hold on, no, no. If they if they overachieve Listen, this year after, at, with twelve, I'm just going to rip what's left of my hair out. It seems like where they are eternally slotted to. Oh, good lord! Number twelve, Charlotte takes Tyrese Maxey, six three, out of Kentucky. Will be a freshman this year. We have gone all the way into the future now. This is this show has become entirely too meta for me. That's what happens when the pod dad is away. The yeah. mock drafts will play. Clearly. Clearly. Right, we're coming back. We're going to talk about some NBA news. Possible seismic change in Golden State. Some earthquake language there from one Adrian Wojnarowski. No fault of his. And LeBron James, surprise, surprise, not happy in La La Land. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing that you want to do, and that's make more sales. Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. More ahead. 
This is Locked on Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Not a dropping a Drake lyric yes. on us earlier to describe Nick Batum. What was that lyric again? You know what it was when you signed up. Ooh. And what was the song? For Free by DJ Khaled. All right, our crack research team has the the lyric here, the lyrics, plural. Yes, lyrics, multiple versus bars i know you're working day and night to get a college degree bet nobody that you've been with even know you a freak right you know you only do that with me right yeah double checking on you you know i never put the pressure on you you know that you make your own mind up you knew what it was when you signed up now you gotta run it up i'd be out of words trying to sum it up girl you throw it back like one love modern poet modern langston day langston hughes that drake Modern Langston Hughes. Any NBA playoffs hot takes that you have from the weekend's action before we get into some of these news and notes from around the association? Whoever wins Toronto, Philly is going to get absolutely ramshackled by a fully loaded Death Star that is Milwaukee. Toronto and Philly really has turned into Kawhi Leonard versus Jimmy Butler. I mean, this feels like a classic NBA playoff matchup where we really are just one-on-one. I'm not sure that Jimmy Butler is guarding Kawhi all that much, but I know they they switched. uh, Toronto finally switched Kawhi onto Jimmy Butler in the second half, and that seemed to... Uh, curb whatever Philly was trying to do because they they're getting nothing out of Joel Embiid right now who they say is still dealing with an illness so he better get better quick yeah that that, that's the thing like he better get better and you can't say I'm not feeling well when you're going out there and you're giving 30 plus minutes like at some point I reckon he's not feeling well don't play him exactly you're not feeling well don't play him especially with knees like his something goes wrong and then everything goes to the wayside the other thing the other big hot take i have is are we sure there's a difference between nick nurse and dwayne casey at this point whoa are we sure hold on are we sure that's all i'm asking well the big difference right now is that nick nurse has Kawhi leonard and Kawhi leonard is not demar Derozan. Kawhi leonard is not kyle lowry he's not out there making doofy turnovers he's out there making big time buckets that's what's been missing in toronto but that's it. Like, if you give Dwayne That's it. Casey, they're winning games. Yeah, they're winning games. But here's the thing. I'm not sure if you put Dwayne Casey on this, if he's coaching this roster with all the adaptations he's made, that this team, that they're not already. Well, he's not because he couldn't win playoff games and he couldn't get the Detroit Pistons, you know, past that eight seed. Yeah, true. And I'll, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But at the same time, all I'm saying is. Give give Dwayne Casey, Kawhi Leonard, and this roster. Oh boy! And I'm not sure that 
Toronto doesn't dispatch Philly in five because I have questions about Brett Brown himself too. Well, everyone, as I've said many times on this show, everyone in these playoffs right now, nobody wants to win. Uh, nobody wants to take a stranglehold over their series. They are all stumbling over themselves. They're all falling over themselves to get slaughtered by Golden State. Even the Rockets. The Rockets think they have a chance, but they don't really have a chance. Milwaukee has a chance. Milwaukee Milwaukee doesn't work. have a chance. Milwaukee they, they, will they, make need, they need Chris Middleton to knock down six, seven three-pointers a game to have even a remote chance at beating the Golden State Warriors. There is no Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan in the Eastern Conference. There are only some Michael Jordan lights out there, only some number one lights. Oh. Where, let's, where's let's, the faith? Where's the faith? I have no faith. I have no faith in the Eastern Conference. But let's go to Golden State because yes. there's some news from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Possible seismic changes ahead for this team. Here's the quote from uh, Woj. Internally in Golden State, there's a sense of, let's try to put aside what's coming in July. We have a mm-hmm. chance to do something very rare in sports to three-peat. Let's try to keep our focus there and win the title. Then let July play out the way it's going to. But I think the Warriors are b- bracing for possibly seismic change within that organization. Obviously, the rumors abound about Kevin Durant's future. Is he going to the the Knicks? Is he going to the Nets? Is he bringing Kyrie with him? But Seismic Change, to me, says it's not just about Durant. It's about possibly Klay Thompson. It's about possibly Draymond Green also deciding that the Golden State experiment is over. Now, I I agree with you on Durant leaving, because obviously everybody's talked about that. I don't think it's Clay because Clay's got the best job in sports. Clay can go three for eleven, have a decent de- defensive night, and escape all blame if they lose by three. But now, maybe he doesn't want to escape blame. I- I've said this on the show as well that you people often underestimate this one factor when it comes to free agency, which is the player is sitting alone in a quiet room and says to themselves, "Hey, I've done that." I'd like to try doing this other thing. And I think it's it's what Kimball Walker is ultimately going to go through yeah. and tell himself, hey, I've done the Charlotte Hornets. I love Charlotte. I love the fans. I love everything that I've accomplished there. But I've done that. There's no indication that things are going to really change. No. And, and that probably goes for Golden State as well. If, if they lose Durant, they'll probably still uh, win the West. I mean, they've done it before, right? They've had success before Kevin Durant, so they could convince themselves that they could have success after Kevin Durant. But at the same time, Clay has done that. Yes. Why wouldn't he want to look and go and do something else? Well, you could go and look and do something else, and I, w- I would like to bring in the cases of a fictional movie character, one of my favorites, Rocky Balboa. Rock- Rocky Balboa started winning and winning a lot and started beating tom- tomato cans and then eventually ran into a clubber lang. Now, mind you, that Clubber Lang is out there for everybody that wants to think that this team is going to be fine when Kevin Durant leaves, and they're not going to be fine. The thing I worry about with a guy like Clay is, okay, you go from, let's say he goes from Golden State to L.A. That pressure is going to get ratcheted up in a way that he's never had to feel because not only is he going to be dealing with like the LeBron aspect of it, but you're also going to be dealing with actual real expectations to beat your former team. And I'm not sure that Clay is built for that. Like he's shown up in some playoff games. There are other games that I don't think that he's ready for. 
I don't think like and granted, we're talking about a thirty year old man with at least three rings on him right now. All right, real quick before we go, because I teased it before the break, LeBron James not happy about how Magic Johnson exited the Lakers. <laughs> the, the only reason I want to bring this up is because the quote is so great. Uh, he said on his uh, HBO show, The Shop, I came here to be part of the Lakers organization, having a conversation with Magic and really kind of breaking it down and saying how he was going to make this showtime again, and I wanted to be a part of that process. Here's the quote I love, though. So it was just weird for him to just be like, I'm out of here and not even have like, hey, Braun, kiss my ass. I'm out of here. I would have been okay with that. Hey, Braun, it's magic. Kiss my ass. I'm gone. Not even that. Now, now mind <laughs> he just you. just wanted to call and say, hey, listen, kiss my ass, LeBron. I'm out of here. Now, now, mind you, there's a certain person in Cleveland that's probably laughing at the irony of that statement. Oh, LeBron. yeah. Hey, where was my call? Yeah, where was my phone call? Pat Riley probably wondering the same thing. Hey, Bron, where was my phone call? Hey, Pat, kiss my ass. I'm gone. Exactly. He neither yeah, one is, of those. Stops. It is amazingly ironic. The guy who uh, leaves two franchises, just sort of holding nothing. Yeah. yeah. Holding a pair, you know, a, a, a two, a three, a nine, and a and and two jacks. Like you, you're gonna you're gonna be upset when Magic decides to dip. And, but I, I just think it's like it's LeBron just regretting this whole deal is not playing out. And he has been so used to pulling all the strings. Yeah, having all the cards. And having all the cards. And and now all of a sudden, you know, he, he quick, so quickly realized that LeBron James is not bigger than the Los Angeles Lakers. No, he, he's not bigger than the Los Angeles Lakers, especially he's not bigger than Magic. Because Magic can do what he wants. Magic has proven he can do whatever he wants. When you can hold a 45-minute press conference, say you're done, (laughs) then leave. Go talk to Rachel Nichols and Chris Hayes and then come back and hold court for another 45 minutes before a game and usurp everything that was involved with this game, that game going on. You are bigger than everything. He is not Magic. He is not Kobe. And he's quickly learning all of this. And we are not Pod Dad. We have held court for 35 minutes. We hope you enjoyed it, though. Walker will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. For not, I'm Doug. We'll see you soon. Thank you.